0: This is the Riches from the Pages radio broadcast with evangelist Adam Borden, brought to you by Wahoo Baptist Church in Murrayville, Georgia. We invite you to join us for this time of mining the unsearchable riches of God's Word. And now evangelist Adam Borden. David, crying out. Let me just back up to verse 1. Have mercy upon me. This was us. This was us. When the Holy Spirit, hey look at me, this was us when the Holy Spirit showed us how dirty we were in our sin. This is where we were when we got offended at our own sin instead of getting offended or that somebody was pointing out our sin. We got offended at ourselves, and we saw our sinful condition and David said, have mercy upon me, O God according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from mine sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold He said, look, I know who I am. I admit who I am. He said, look there, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop. I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. He's the only one. No one else, (laughs) no one else can take the burden of sin from me. No one else could melt this heart of stone. No one else could speak to me about my sin who could do anything about it. Uh, My mom and dad, as much as they loved me, they could speak to me truth and they could correct me along the way, but they could not wipe away my sin. I could sit under every professor from here to Princeton, but no amount of education would cleanse me from my unrighteousness. He by himself yeah. purged our sins. Mm. I, I can't quit right there. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. Let me just read a few. Hebrews 9. Oh, I love this one. Verse 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, this human flesh, or this church house, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. See, it was only by his own self, by his own self, by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifying the pure of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Oh, for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for with redemption of transgression, that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance and nobody but Jesus could accomplish that. Nobody. Muhammad couldn't do it because Muhammad was a false prophet and the Koran is a false scripture. The Buddhists through their meditation can't do it Buddha couldn't cleanse sin and he still can't cleanse sin and he never will be able to cleanse sin and no amount of transcendental meditation will take away sin from any man. False religions, false teachings, there's one, his name is Jesus. The brightness of his glory, the express person of his, image of his person by himself purged our sins. Let's look at this last part tonight before I pass out. When he had purged our sins and done that work of propitiation and purging, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down. Now, when I get through preaching anywhere I go, when I've done all I can do, and I've accomplished what I believe the Lord has expected of me and instructed me to do, very often, very few exceptions, I just go sit down. Because see, the rest of the thing that goes on is not my job. See, I can't save anybody. I can't expose anybody's sin to them. I can't communicate to God on their behalf in such a way that makes a difference. See, my job is over when I sit down. And when Jesus Christ accomplished what he needed to do on the cross, defeating death and hell and the grave, amen, he he went back to heaven. This talks about his eternal position. Isaiah chapter six, it says it like this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. Now, wait a minute. Is this before or after the cross? I believe this is is before the cross. So where was the Lord before he came to earth? He was seated. What did he say in his prayer? He said, Lord, when we shared glory together in heaven. See, he was not just wandering around heaven waiting for the time to come for him to be born. Before he ever came to earth, he sat in the glory and the majesty of the throne of heaven. That's what Isaiah tells us. Look what it said there. He said, "I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And it stood, and, it, it, and above it stood the seraphims." Each one had six wings and 20 covered his face. 20 covered his feet. 20 did fly. One cried to another and said holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Our God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, before he ever came to this earth, he was on the throne. But he stepped out for you and I. And when he did all that he was supposed to do, when he he accomplished and when he uh, uh, spent his life on Calvary. Mm. And John 19, let me say this one. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I want you to know there was not a Roman soldier that killed our Savior. There's not a Roman soldier or torturer who took the life of Jesus, He laid it down and he picked it back up. Mm. They couldn't understand him in the temple that day. when he said, "You tear down this temple, in three days I'll raise it up again." It was his own power. And when he had finished that work on Calvary, whoosh, said after the Lord had spoken unto them, Mark 16. He was received up in heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Why? Because it was finished. He's seated there. Now is he seated there because he's got nothing left to do? No. (laughs) You remember what we read a while ago that he is our mediator? Mm -hmm. Look right here. See, I don't want to give you my opinion on this. I don't want to tell you what I think about this. I want to tell you what the word of God says. Ephesians 1 over there. Ephesians 1, 19, 21. Says this right here. Ephesians 1, 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in the world which is to come. He's seated there. Well, what's he doing? Hebrews 8, 1. Now these things which we have spoken, this is the psalm. You know what it is? What he's saying here, everything that Brother Adam has been trying to tell y'all, Let me just get it in one verse. Some of y'all probably are thinking right now, I wish he just would have said it in one verse. He said, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Mm. Look over there in 10, 12, 10, 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Mm. But I love this one. Hebrews 12. Keep turning. Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What is he doing for us right now? He's making intercession between us and the Father. There's not a prayer that we've ever uttered that Christ has not been the one to say, Father, our child, you know, he's joint heirs with me. (laughs) In fact, he's in me and I'm in him. And my blood's been applied to his sin. Let's see what he wants. (laughs) Oh, he's making intercession for us. And he's seeing to it that the Father hears our hearts cry. Oh, listen. Let me just close with these thoughts. He's a God of eternal presence. And we can have communion with him. We're indwelt with his presence. And if his presence was it, is within us, that means his glory is somewhere divinely housed in this old earthly, fleshly temple. And you know what when I, when I think about? I think about if we'll just remove a little bit more of this old flesh, if he'll increase and we'll decrease, if we'll decrease a little more, if we'll just thin out our flesh a little bit more and let that spirit grow a little bit more in our life, if we'll just decrease and we'll just, we'll just fade off into the backside and we'll just let God increase more in our life, the glory of God will be unmistakable in our life. You won't have to say a word, but a lost person will see a difference in you. How much glory can somebody see in your life? His person you know, we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. When we got saved, stuff was supposed to start changing. Now, if you got saved off a bar stool, that change is going to be readily visible. But if you got saved off of a church pew, you might not have to clean up a bunch of the world off of you, but there ought to be a difference in your demeanor and the smile on your face and the words on your lip and the heart of compassion that beats within. I don't need a self-help coach. I don't need a life coach. I need the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to me through his holy word. He said, thy word hath I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's the power that the word is supposed to have in our life. If we'll put it in us, it'll keep us from sin. That purging, purifying our soul, cleansing. You know what that'll bring? It'll bring humility and obedience. Obedience is the key. Our prayer is that the Word of God has done a work in you today. For more information on the ministry of Evangelist Adam Borden, go to evangelistadamborden.com, spelled B-O-R-D-E-N, and click on the contact page or you can call 615-785-5682. Join us next time as we find riches from the pages of God's Word with Evangelist Adam Borden.